Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. We have a very wonderful testimony and we want to call our brother Eben from the Christian Service University. Oh, put your hands together for him. Thank you. Your hand clap is too weak. Put your hands together for Eben. And introduce yourself, mention your name. You can remove your mask and put it on. It's Hi, everyone. Hi. My name is Eben. A lot of people know me as Tohineba, and I'm part of the Christian Service Center. Wow. Eben, what's your testimony about? So, my testimony is about how God saved me from a deadly disease. You don't understand. You don't understand. If you understood it, you would put your hands together for the Lord because the Lord is also about to save you some from death. Hallelujah. Okay, so it all started on 2nd February this year. On that 2nd February, it was Sunday, so I came to church with my friends, and after church, when we were going back to campus, some of my friends were telling me that I look really stressed and I should take like two weeks break in the house so that I can regain everything that I've lost. Wow. So I went to campus and I packed a few things and I left for the house. When I got to the house on that Sunday in the evening, I realized that even though I was quite weak, but I realized that I was getting more weaker. I didn't understand. And I'm one person who doesn't like go, who doesn't like going to the hospital any time that I'm ill. So I told Messi. myself that. So I told myself that oh, when I spend some few days in the house, everything will go, and then I will return back to campus for my second semester. Because I mean, you didn't see he was the he's the he was the SRC president for his campus. And apart from being SRC president, he was also leading the busing. He was actually busing people to church. Yeah. So, um, about four days later, I realized that I wasn't getting any better. So, I had no other option than to go to the hospital for medical checkup. When I went to the hospital, upon various assessments and lab investigations, the doctor told me that I have hemolytic anemia. And forbid. Tell him about God forbid. <laughs> forbid. He said, I, I have hemolytic anemia. And he wants to know what is actually causing the anemia. So we went further to do 
Sicklin and GSPD test. So when the results came, it showed that I had full defect of GSPD deficiency. Hey. <laughs> okay. Okay, the GSPD he, he's a nurse, so is, he is a type it. of enzyme that protects the red blood cells from being destroyed in response to certain medications, food and others. Say, okay. So I wasn't okay. having that enzyme. So my red blood cells have been destroyed faster than they have been produced. So the doctor prescribed a whole lot of medications for me to take it to the house to take. So when I started taking the drugs, about a week later, I wasn't getting any better. And during that time too, second semester had begun. I had to come to campus because I'm a leader, leadership by example. So, and after that week too, I realized that a swelling started growing on my right side, between my shoulder and my neck. And per what I've studied, Lymph nodes usually grow when there is an infection. And once the infection is gone, the lymph nodes will also go. So I thought it was just a normal lymph node that has, has been swelling. So I came to campus. And when I came to campus, I wasn't getting any better. And I went to Suntresor Government Hospital for further treatment. When I went, I reported everything to the doctor. And I showed a swelling to the doctor. The doctor actually suspected cervical lymphoma, which is... Babe, they will not pronounce all these diseases on you in Jesus' name. Hey. Cervical lymphoma, which is cancer of the lymphatic system. So she told me that I should go to Confanoshi to do cervical USG, FNAC, and chest X-ray. So I went to Confanochi and I did all these tests. So the USG showed that it is cervical lymphoma. But before the doctor can confirm, the FNAC test must also confirm. And that test is, that test, a needle will be inserted into the mass and they will take some of the sample to investigate what bacteria we have in there. So they told me that two weeks later, I should come for the FNAC result. Two weeks, I called them and they told me the result is not in. The doctor told me that before I can come for my next hospital appointment, I should make all the lab investigations ready. So I had to wait. Three weeks, I called them. They said the result is still not ready. Four weeks, the result is still not ready. And I wasn't really getting any better, even though I was taking medications and all that. But I wasn't getting any better. So one time, our school president visited me at the hostel, and I narrated everything to him, and he asked our dean for health and applied science that he should follow up for me. So he went to the department, the pathological department, and he said he saw my results. It wasn't cervical lymphoma, the cancer. It wasn't the cancer. But rather, they could trace um, the organism that causes tuberculosis in the swelling. So I have to take tuberculosis, I have to go for tuberculosis treatment for six months. And I'm also one kind of a person, even when I take taking tablets, no matter what, it will come out. 
like I just don't like tablets. Yeah, like just I on Pedro, no, on Pedro, no. Uh -huh. All that, but <laughs> with tablet, it's even though I like injections and all that, but with tablet, it will just come out. And the tuberculosis drugs, per my weight, I had to take three big drugs every day for six months. And I was like, really, am I going to do this? No, I, I, I won't. So on that first day when we went to the tuberculosis clinic, the doctors made me take the first dose. And they told me that if I skip even a day, the bacteria will go resistance. And the next kind of treatment, I had to take injection for two years continuously. So I had to take the six months medication. <laughs> wow. This is... So you can imagine as he's standing there sharing this testimony. It's a miracle. Yes, even please continue. So, so what happened? when we came back to the hostel, I went with my uncle and our dean of health and applied science. When we came back to the hostel, I told my uncle that I can't take this medication for six months. I can't. So I, I just ignored everything. And I was just taking the medication that was prescribed first for me. It wasn't really getting better. Mommy was calling day in and day out to check how I was feeling. Wow. But it wasn't getting better. So she, my mother actually, yes. So she told me that when my grandmother came to Ghana, she had a swelling. And it was one herbalist who healed her. So she wants me to try the herbal medication too. And the herbalist was at Konongo. So we had to move from campus to Konongo to start the herbal treatment. When we went, they also gave me some herbal medications. One was topical, which I will apply on the swelling. And the other one was a liquid, which I will take in for the infection. Yes, 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 madam, that one I, <laughs> yes, mommy. So with that one, I started taking them. But I wasn't getting better. And a few days after, I realized that another swelling has started going on my left at the same region. So at that point in time, I really feared for my life. What is actually happening to me? And when the situation got worse, my mother said, okay, then I have to come to Ghana just to take care of you and give you, take you for proper treatment. So in and all this, the mother wasn't around, was outside abroad and then yes. when it got very critical she left everything and she came yes to be she with left them. everything but during that time that was when they were taking the COVID vaccine and she had taken the first dose so she had to wait for a month time before she can take the second dose and come so I was at Konongo with my uncle and when we went to the house too I started experiencing nocturnal cough and this is not a normal cough, even though I cough during the day. But when it gets to like 10 p.m., I will cough consistently towards around 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. During those moments, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And whenever I lie down to, the cough will come. So even if I want to sleep, if I can sleep around 4 a.m., I have to be in a sitting position before I can sleep. So 
it got to a point in time during that period Pastor Gestin was testing me and when mommy got to know that I was sick she was checking up on me almost every day That's yes, Joy was she was sending up me prayers yes. she was sending me Bible tests that we can pray on yeah. so it got to one morning I was feeling extremely weak to the point that I couldn't even walk so I told my uncle that if you had to wait for mommy to come to Ghana before we go to the hospital, maybe mommy will come and meet my cops. Hmm. So let's go to um, the hospital for checkup. When we went to the hospital, we did some blood tests, and the results came out that my hemoglobin level has dropped to 3.3. What is the, you are a nurse, what is the normal hemoglobin level? Of a, of a normal human being, a, a, a the man. The normal hemoglobin level should be around 12.0. And yours has dropped to where? 3.3. I know just said, the blood in your body has become small, asa. Yes. Yeah. So the lab technician told me that I have to see a doctor immediately because if we don't, any moment from now, I can pass on. So I was rushed to a private hospital. And when we got there, the doctor also assessed checked my lab investigations and told me that I have to receive four pints of blood. Yes. Yes. So, I started receiving, we paid for three, and she told us that one family member has to donate so that I'll get fresh blood. So, two days after admission, then mommy came to Ghana, and she came to meet me at the hospital. And when she came to, sorry, when she came, I was at the hospital, so she came there. And the doctor also, during that time too, my swelling had burst, and fluid was coming out. So the doctor inspected the swelling and told me that we have to do a minor surgery, cut the swelling open, and drain all the fluid. Yes. So my mother agreed, and the next day we went to the theater for that minor surgery. And the doc because the wound was very deep, the doctor said he can't suture it. So we have to leave the wound, even though you close it, but he won't suture it. We have to come for wound treatment every two days. So the wound finally healed. And to be honest with you, it was very painful. Anytime that I go for wound, wound treatment, I cry, I cry every day. So during that time too, sorry. During that time too, I was at the hospital. And one day, I had a call from Pastor Gaston that Mommy is coming to visit me at the hospital. Yes, Joy is coming to visit. Yeah. He, had, he had gone through several... The testimony made me think of when Jesus was talking about the woman with the issue of blood. He said he had, she had suffered at the hands of many doctors and his, her case was not better. He had suffered at the hands of doctors herbalist and his case was not better but let's go on even okay so when he called me he said some pastors are coming to visit you I didn't know it was mommy 
And during that time, to like, I thought I would just lose my life. During that time, my normal weight is 65 kilograms. But during that time, it dropped to 40.4 kilograms. I was looking really emaciated. So when I was there, mommy came, and I was like, I was encouraged. If a person of such personality could visit me at the hospital, then there is more to live on this earth. So mommy came, encouraged me, and she prayed for me before leaving. And I remember that when I was on campus, mommy asked me what type of drinks do I like. And I told her the next couple of days, she sent me those drinks that I should take in. A shepherd. <laughs> like mommy was pampering me and she was encouraging me so much that I didn't give up. So I spent 15 days at the hospital and I was referred to Confanoche for further treatment. And when I was in the car coming, I was just praying that I will not be admitted at Confanoche due to personal reasons. I don't want to be admitted at Confanoche. So I tried explaining to my mother, to my uncle, why I don't want to be admitted at Confanoche. When we came, we went to the trudge, they did some assessment, and they directed us to the tuberculosis clinic. And when we went there, the specialist also assessed me and told my mother that every treatment that they have to give me had been given to me at my previous hospital. So there is no need for me to be admitted. So I should just go to the house and I should come for regular visit at least once every week. So we went back to Konongo and once every week we were coming to the hospital for, for assessment. So, so it got to a point in time that uh, I started feeling pains on my right at where my ribs are. It was very severe. And that pain, whenever it comes, it comes, it usually comes in the evening. When it comes to, I can't sleep. Like, I'll just be there till it's like 5 a.m. before the pain will reduce for me to catch some few sleep. So, we reported it to the doctor. And the doctor said, because I had cough for about three months, that is why I'm feeling that pain. So he gave me some medications and told me that with time, everything will be all right. And during the time that mommy came to the hospital, that was when I started feeling better. Wow. That was when... It was after the visit of years ago that the situation Before started. Before the visit, I couldn't even eat once a day. Yeah. But when mommy came, that was when I started eating like four times a day, five times, five times a day. It means the healing has started from the, after the visit. Wow. So even what happened? I mean, so um, how do you the doctor who was really taking care of me was transferred to a hospital in the north. So he was replaced by another specialist. And when that specialist came, I reported the rib pain. 
and he told me that, okay, we have to do abdominal pelvic USG and some chest X-ray to know what is actually the cause. So when we went to do those tests, it showed that I had hepatomegaly, which is my liver had enlarged. God forbid. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, God forbid. My liver had enlarged. So he also gave me some prescriptions and told me to report every week. During those periods, every two days, we have to go to the hospital for wound treatment. Yeah. So it took about three months before the wound finally healed. And as I'm standing right here, everything has spawned. And I... You missed a good place to put your hands together. I don't know why you are still sitting. If you knew Eben, if you saw him in those conditions, I don't know. I went to see him one day. And in fact, when I saw him, I said, oh no. But as I see him here, standing here, it's a miracle. And Eben, you see, the miracle started, you may think it is nothing, but the situation started after the visit of his shepherd. Hallelujah. So if you are here, you don't have a shepherd. God has given us a shepherd here, a shepherd for you and me. Amen. It is time to embrace her as your shepherd that God has given to you and me. Hallelujah. Eben, what would you like to tell the church? Okay, what I want to I want to say two things to the church. The first one is that anytime you go through any trial or temptation, you have to pray to God for God to help you. And you should not give in. For the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted above what you can bear. And he will also show you a way out so that you can endure. So anytime that you go through temptations, just pray to God that God should show you the way out. And also, I want to tell everyone that when you come to church, you have to find something doing for God. You shouldn't just be a common floor member. Preach. Pastor Gerson came to my house one day and he was telling me that if you are a worker for God, you become precious to him. And God will not allow the devil to destroy people who are precious to him. So as you come here, go for outreaches, clean the house of God, involve yourself in every activity that goes on in the church. I want to thank God so much for my life. I didn't know that I could even celebrate my 23rd birthday, but last week was my 23rd birthday, and I thank God so much. I want to thank my mother, my uncle. When my uncle got to know that I was sick, he had to leave everything that she was doing to stay by me on campus because I couldn't do so many things on my own. And up to now, he has been with me oh, in God the house you. everywhere I go. I want to say thank you to my uncle. And I want to say God bless you, mommy, Pastor Gaston, and the other pastors who came to visit me in the house. Thank you all God for this. Eben came with the family. The family wants to come. Please, can they come and join him as he gives thanks and hears joy for them? Oh, please, family members, please come. God bless you. Uncle, oh, Pashobra, Pashobra now.
God for preserving the life of our brother. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you, Evan. Hallelujah. First of all, I want to salute this family. Amen. Many times when people are going through what Evan went through, the family is not able to bear it. Yeah. They're not able to stand. And this family has stood by their son. Hallelujah. Amen. And as they give thanks, I want you to stretch your hands because their money has gone inside. Their tears have gone inside. Their prayers have gone inside. But we serve a God who sees everything and he will replenish everything. We thank God for healing you. And we want to say that whatever has been spent on you, it will come back. Multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. We rejoice with you this afternoon. So stretch forth your hands. If it was you, what do you want someone to pray over you? What do you want someone to say? Say it over this family this afternoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we are grateful. We are so grateful. We didn't know today will come, but we thank you. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for Eben's testimony. Thank you that you are the one who doesn't pull us more than we are able. That in spite of it all, he's standing here today, well and able to testify for himself. And thank you for his family, for his uncles, his auntie, his mother, those who have gone through the fire with him. Indeed, you have taken them through the fire. You have brought them out on the other side. Father, you are the one who says when we go through the fire, you purify us and you make us even more precious. I pray that you replenish to them everything that has been spent, oh God. Their tears, their worry, anyone who even cooked a piece of plantain, anyone who brought something to this brother, Father, let it be replenished unto them in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, that every money that has been spent, Lord, it will be multiplied, oh God. They will testify one more time and say that what the devil meant for bad, the Lord has turned it for good. Thank you also for the mother who is outside. Watch over them and keep them and may that storm that came through this family, let it never return in Jesus' name. Any enemy standing somewhere who thought that they were going to do something. Father, we have canceled it in Jesus' name. That even as they rejoice and thank you today, Lord, publicly, so also you lift them back up to the top. We give you all the praise and we say we thank you for our brother whose back was against the wall, but you caused him to come through. And we are so grateful in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. Thank you. is thanking God with this offering. Oh, put your hands together and the family. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. 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 What a testimony. Hallelujah. What a testimony. What a testimony. But the Lord is delivering. I haven't seen an SRC president working in the house of the Lord like that. Oh, wow. man. You are saying something. I have never seen an SRC. Even below SRC presidents, which people are there. All <laughs> presidents. All presidents. Don't they don't see. even do anything. JCR. They don't even go to church safe, let alone work seriously in the house of the Lord. God bless you. The Lord shall never leave you as you work in his house. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You are all welcome to church. Today is our international Sunday. Hallelujah. So as you see us here, we are representing different
different countries and different traditions where our church is represented. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On this International Sunday, I want you to just pray for a few minutes. You can pray for a country that you have worn the dress of, or a country that God has placed in your mind, or a country that somebody you know is, and you just want to pray that the grace of God will help them, that the message of salvation will reach every corner. We're in a time of so much turbulence in the world. But may the grace of God come through. Lift up your voice. The grace of God. The grace of God, O Lord. Your grace, your grace in India, your grace in Madagascar, your grace in Guinea. Yes. Your grace in Nigeria. Congo Lord, Mandi Kasonderebe, Rianda Lababa, the world over, Randorobos, Mandi Rianda Lababa. Father, we thank you so much to, for the 190 nations that you have sent us to. May the word spread to every corner in Jesus' name. I pray, O oh God, that your grace will be upon the nations as you send your children, that those among us who must go will go, and may they flourish. May the gospel reach to every end, O oh God, of the world. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all the saints will say, Amen and Amen. amen. Lift up your Bible. Don't sit down just yet. Let us make a confession. You want to say, this is my Bible. Oh, say it as if you believe it. This is my Bible. Now, those sitting at the back, is it that they don't understand that we are standing? If you are children, you can go to the children's side. Uh-huh. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what I say it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. It's very good to see all, everyone in church. Eben, God bless you for your testimony. Amen. Oh, it's a good place. You missed a good place to put your hands together. Even to maintain your faith under such an onslaught. It's not a joke. Hallelujah. And I believe that when you see the enemy hit so hard, it's because God is sending you somewhere higher. Hallelujah. He's trying to disrupt. He doesn't know what, but he's trying to disrupt. But he will not be able to overcome you. And he will now overcome the purpose of God for your life. Hallelujah. And we are blessed to have heard it. Amen. Well, we've been talking about loyalty, faithfulness. Amen. Faithfulness is one of the blessings God can give to you. Hallelujah. Amen. We've been talking about it in so many different ways. And I believe last week I, I was not here. I had to preach and go. But... Tell neighbor everything at the right time. Today I want to talk to you about dangerous sons. Hey, those who are dangerous sons. You see, 
Sometimes people spoil their lives when they don't intend to spoil their lives. It just happens because they fall in a certain place and then before they are away, several things have happened. Are you with me? And you may be on such a road and you need to come off that road. If you go and stand at Tech Junction, Tech Junction does not look as if it's going to Accra, but it's going. If you stay on that road and you continue in that direction, you will hit Accra. Uh So, there are times when something may be happening and you don't know where that thing is taking you. Are you you following? Uh Until someone comes and says, hey, that's where the road is going. And if that is not where you are planned to go, you must get off quickly. Amen. Oh, you wouldn't mind me today. Hallelujah. Look, next year we must do International Sunday with Fudo. Eh? This, this year I'm repenting. I'm repenting. Okay, I'm repenting. Yeah. But next year, no, last year we did it. This year, time did something, 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 something. But next year we shall eat Congolese food. We shall eat Nigerian food. We shall eat, uh, what again? Senegalese food. What food do you want again? Whatever it is. We'll eat Acheke from Ivory Coast. Ah. So, so, so tell your neighbor, this is our last dry, our last dry, uh, but only that we must make sure it's for, you see, part of the reason why we didn't do it is that school is still in session. We cannot feed all those people. Uh-huh. But we can feed. So we'll wait. When they have gone on holiday, then we'll do the... <laughs> Amen. Hey, please, nobody should go and tell them that this is our plan, no. Mercy, those of you are here, you didn't hear me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we just looked at the numbers and we couldn't climb over it. Yeah. And we were also saying that COVID is still around. No money. We just left it. But next year, in this service, we'll do something. In this service. We'll be bigger, but we'll still do it. We'll still do something. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I want to remind you before I start preaching and I forget, this Friday, we have an all night with Prophet, his Lord, Amma. Amen. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. Don't miss it. Amen. You may be saying that, oh, what? Oh, me, I don't need anything. You don't know what you need. Yeah. A prophet spoke that spoke a word over my life eight years ago. I wasn't even aware that I needed it. I'm still walking the blessing from that. Eight years ago. Are you there? Yeah, and I was reminding the first service today, I said that when he came to Bantama and we went, yeah, one of my friends is a pastor, his wife, they don't have any children, they've been married for years. And she was sitting there waiting for the husband because he was coming from work. And he said, put my clothes in the car when I come because the work he does, he has a uniform. He said, so he will change. She got up, she was on her way out and then the prophet just, he was just walking. He said, that lady there, call her back. She will have three children. We had not told him that she doesn't have or she has. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Are you in the house? So me, I don't know your problem, but we there, we shall be here. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's be here. I also want to, to, to announce that on the 3rd of October, um, Bishop Insefo will have a Sunday service with us. Amen. Right here, right here. So let us not miss it. Hallelujah. 
Amen. And finally, some of you who have finished your SHS, you are not yet moved on, you are wondering what to do, maybe it's an opportunity for you to sign up into the um, Anakazo Bible um, Ministry Training Center. And so if it is something that you want to do, they, the courses are nine months, 18 months, and what, 27 months, is that right? Yeah. And you can, you know, just see um, Reverend Isaac. Reverend Isaac, today we are not sure whether you are Taliban or you are but see Reverend Isaac after service and just have a talk with him. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Powerful. So we're talking about dangerous sons today. Dangerous sons. I'm only going to give you two signs of a dangerous son. There are 12. But just, you know, time does not allow us. I want to give you a taste of it. And if you see that, hey, I'm inside, I would like you to get hold of the book. Is that okay? It's based on the Bible, as you know. We're going to be basing everything we say today on the story of Absalom in 2 Samuel. Hallelujah. The examples are there for us to learn from. And if you find yourself in it, just cure yourself. Amen. Are you in the house this afternoon? Now, the first thing or the first sign of a dangerous son is somebody who is full of unforgiveness and bitterness. Somebody who is full of unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, hmm, you see, you may be saying that, oh, me, I'm not bitter. The truth is that something has not happened to you yet. That's the truth. Things happen to people. Nobody walks around this world saying that, eh, hey, me, dear, I'll be bitter. Or, aha, uh -huh, me, I'm going to be disloyal. I'm going to be unfit. No is something that happens. Are you in the house? So many times when you're saying that, oh, media, this one is not me, it's just that something hasn't happened to you yet. But I know of some people, especially young people, who are very bitter against their fathers. I know a few who are bitter against their mothers. Yeah. And it's often because of something that has happened. So what I'm saying to you is that it is true something has happened, but don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. Why? Let's go take in a look at this story. I believe that when we started talking about this whole loyalty series, I read to you the story of Absalom. A young man who was there minding his own business and his half-brother went to rape his sister. Definitely it will pain you. How many of you brothers here, somebody touches your sister like that, you just sit down and be looking. Ah! In fact, when I was saying it in the last service, somebody did like this. <laughs> I mean, you react in some way. Now, Absalom didn't react. Tell your neighbor, eh, the people who don't react, they are worse. Because you don't know what's going on in there. But the Bible says in 2 Samuel 13, verse 22, that Absalom spoke unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. Can you not see that the reaction cry is worrying? It's very worrying. Something has happened that is not good. And you have not said anything about it. And there are some of you here like that. You have not said anything. I walk around saying that, oh, I'm okay. Meanwhile, it's not that you're okay, but the thing has sat in your heart. You have not done anything with it. And the Bible shows us the reason. That for them means because. The reason why he said nothing for two years. The Bible says it was because he hated Amnon, his brother. Because he had forced his sister, Tamar. 
I have to be honest with you that Absalom has always touched my heart because the truth is that a wrong had been done. A wrong had been done. And sometimes when you're speaking to somebody and say, you say, forgive, forgive, let it go, forgive. The person gets angry with you and says that it's because you don't understand what has happened to me. But I want to say to you that that's not the case. Oh. But if you allow the thing to sit in you like that and you hold on to it, it will take you in a certain direction. You are 16 years old. Somebody has come to dada you. dada. And he has gone. You see, he has not treated you right, oh. But if you also hold it and allow bitterness to enter you, your next relationship, you will visit the anger of this man and you will finish it and spoil it. And you wake up and you'll be saying things. As for men, dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will say things that will make you end your own relationship. Before you are where you have five children from six fathers. Are you in the house with me? All because of what is going on on the inside. Now here was a case. Oh, the guy had wronged them. But when you hold it, you see, sometimes people say, Famanyami, and they say it carelessly. But I want to say it, but not carelessly. Are you there? Actually give the issue. Go to God and say, Lord, I'm putting it at your feet. This issue, if I hold it, it will spoil my life. And put it there knowing well that God will sort it out and deal with the issue. And leave it because if you don't, the Bible says that the root of bitterness will trouble you. Yeah, I keep on meeting bitter people and it's so difficult to let them see that your, your trouble it has come from you. Your bitterness is what is troubling you. Hmm. Are you in the house? You see, that is why when you are young, your face is nice. And as you age, as you age, it's not only aging that's doing you all. Is also the experiences of life. And as you leave the bitterness there, and the bitterness is cooking bitterness stew for you, your whole face, your whole approach to life changes. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you now begin to say things, not realizing that what you are saying is coming back against you. I know a lady who the marriage didn't work because the marriage didn't work. The daughter who resembled the father. Hey! Hey! Charlie! You see? But as you do that, you are now sowing other seeds. So, as the daughter grew, the daughter also drew back. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? The daughter realized that my mother doesn't like me. So instead, I used to watch, oh, every week, here, go, here, go. Suddenly. So now, on top of the pain of the man going, the daughter too. He said, what have you done? 
What have you done? Ask somebody, what have you done? What have you done? Absalom, he followed this bitterness until he was worse than the person he killed. Ah. His brother is true. What he did was wrong. It was rape. But he, Absalom, by the time he was done, he had killed, he was now a murderer. He had removed his father from his seat as a king. He was a total rebel. He led a whole nation into war and lost his life. Ask your neighbor, what have you done? What have you done? Because of the bitterness. Are you in the house? And some of you, as you sit here, you are bitter against your father. I'm counseling you to drop it now. Hey, pastor, but my father didn't look after me. If my father looked after me, by this time they would have paid my fees. If my father, how do you know? How do you know? I'm just asking you a question. You are assuming. How do you know? How do you know that it would have been like that? Hey. Ah, church is quiet. A young lady who lived in my house didn't know her father. Every once in a while, she would go into melancholic terms that only melancholic people understand. And when I asked her what is wrong, she said her father. One day she came to tell me that she's going to look for her father. I said, where will you look? And the father was coming from Burkina. I said, do you know the way? She said, no. I said, do you know your father's village? She said, no. Do you know the name of your father? She said, no. So if I leave you to go, and you cross the border, exactly where are you going? Then I told her, I said, you see, God has put you in a place and granted you a substitute father. Yeah. Many people have substitute fathers. Your main father is not there, but an uncle rises up and is a father to you. A big brother rises up, is a father to you. Are you there? But you are so busy crying over the, the one who you don't know that the one who is there is not even able to help you. Then I decided to ask her a question. I knew the answers, but I now asked her. I said, where did your mother meet your father? She mentioned a village that if you and I were to travel from here, the next six hours will be on the way going. Heading north. I said, good. They met there. She said, hmm. I said, if your father had married your mother, where would they have lived? There. I told her, so the school you are even going, can't be And I said, at this your age, by this time, we have married you off to an, a toothless allergy in the village. I said, stop your things. Stop your things. Eh, Pastor, so are you saying that what my father has done is good? Listen, you see, the devil is still speaking to you. You are a child. You cannot correct your father. It's not done. Push your neighbor and say, it's not done. Even if what he did was not right, you are not the one who's going to correct it. Hey. Hmm. I shouldn't say it, you see. Leave it. Leave it and walk like a child. Walk like a child and let God sort you out. And you see, you these churches, this is what you have been saying. When people do the wrong thing, then you say, I'll get past you, go. (laughs) Are you in the house? Yeah. Pick up your life and go and chase it and see. People have done. It has come to nothing. In Africa, we had a whole list of leaders. There was a time when we had a whole list of, of, what do I call them, autocratic leaders 
who oppressed their countries and who finished their countries basically. All of them were children from broken homes who were bitter against their fathers. And the nations paid for it. I'm not calling names. Go and look for your history book. Okay, nowadays, I don't even know. They don't teach history anymore. Yeah. They were all people who didn't leave it. So they grew up with the root of bitterness. And the scripture says that the root of bitterness, it will trouble you and it will defile many. Isn't the scripture there? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up, first it will trouble you. I said, first it will trouble you. You are bitter to somebody, towards somebody. It's you who cannot smile. It's you who cannot laugh. I tell you, there's nothing more painful than the person who, who has hurt you. The person is laughing. Look. One time, I went to a certain couple. I said, look, you people are fighting over a third party. The person is in bed asleep. Oh. You are the people fighting here and you cannot sleep. Now, the person who you are, uh, the person is in bed, snoring. Hmm. He says the bitterness. Are you here? Let me talk to some bitter women. Because this verse is for us, oh. It's for us. It's for us. Our number one sickness in life is bitterness. Because when they were chasing you, they used to buy you gifts. They used to take you out. They used to do things that are not real. That's why in this church, I keep on telling you, stop doing what's not real. You or us, you are there. You don't eat Chinese. Now you say that because you are looking for a wife. You are taking the wife. Yanko Chinese. Yanko Chinese. As soon as we marry us, then the Chinese has stopped. Then we say, what is it that is going to If you don't have money in your pocket to do Chinese, don't do Chinese, okay? Let us just eat our dokono and let's add red pepper, green pepper, black pepper, and let's add some, uh, what? The, the, the fish crowd, different types. The, uh, cassava fish, any red fish, any one man towel. So, number one, the places that they were taking us, they have stopped. Number two, the time they used to give us. They'll come from work at any time, they will make time for us. Now, the time too has quenched. Hey, are you here? The attention they used to give us, the letters they used to write for us, the, the, the poems they used to send us, the gifts that they used to give us. Then one day they said, We are going to marry. And so that one, Afi Kran, I had that I am more. Pam, 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 everybody in the church is standing for you. You are wearing your best dress. They say, Help your wife to kneel down. She will help you. He will help you to stand. Not knowing, you didn't know it was your last. You see, as a church, we also take you through marriage counseling. And through the marriage counseling, we try to tell you duties of a wife, duties of a... But you are so happy and you don't hear us. 
So when you now marry and after all the pamper, you have come back to normal life. Suddenly, you have to make breakfast. You have to make supper, uh, lunch. You have to make supper. You come back tired from work. You say, oh, I'm tired. Let me give you some milo and some bread. I say, what, what milo and what bread? I want food to eat. They never told you that when you were pregnant, you are going to feel bad for nine months. Slowly. The bitterness. And now that the labor is hard, I mean hard labor, and we are working. You are looking at me like I'm saying something wrong. Many of the women, when our husbands go out, we are happy. We are very happy. Because I don't have to look for lunch. Oh, my sister, why are you looking like that? Me and you, we are all in the house and we say hooray. Are you there? On top of that, the attention is no more coming. The Chinese restaurants, it's chair. Even when you start asking for what you used to ask for, cry, it comes with attitude. And then you sit down there and you get bitter. And suddenly, out of your bitterness, with your mouth, complaining. Every day when he comes and he hears the complaining, he takes one more step back. I don't even know why I started on this problem. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby many be defiled. You know something? Let it go. Let it go. Hey, the church is quiet again. Hey, pastor, tell him that he must take me out. No. You take yourself out. Find your friend, your female friend. Go out together and go and have yourself a good time and come back. Because it's just not life. Were you not doing that before he came? In fact, even better, on his bed, they tell him that you are taking him out. Hey, my sister, the house is very tenuous. So, Rev. One, rescue me. (laughs) No, it is true. It's true. In my house, I do the celebrations. Nobody does them for me. No, 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 no. I do them. I decided that, listen, if I'm going to wait for a phlegmatic man to remember and plan, it won't happen. Oh, yeah. It won't happen. It's not in their nature. It's not a problem. Tell your neighbor, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. That's what I'm saying. Deliver yourself from the bitterness. Hey, nowadays, they don't do this. They don't do that. I said, deliver yourself. Deliver yourself. Otherwise, you become a dangerous person. The bitterness will lead you in a certain way. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It will lead you in a certain way. Suddenly, you will find yourself doing what you have never planned to do. You have never planned to be that kind of person. Suddenly, you are doing it. Yeah. There are women who have misbehaved and poisoned their husbands before. They never entered saying they are going to do it. They allowed bitterness to follow them. I don't know why I'm centering on this, but maybe somebody needs it. Hmm. Hey, my mommy, leaves all the work for me to do. Listen, we are in Ghana. That's how it is. Move on. Let me, let me preach to the wall. The church has become very quiet. And so what are you saying? I'm saying what I'm saying. 
That's how we are. That's how we are. And get yourself the help that you need. Mm. Hey. Hmm. Charlie, Lord Jesus, can you please rescue me? Because I don't know where I've driven myself into. It's not in the book. It's not in my notes. Nothing. But I think I'm talking to somebody. I said, save yourself from it. Yeah. I learned how to have what I call crow party. Crow party. I'll wake up and I'll just look in and say, Lord, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. I'll say, oh, you've done a good job. It's great. I'll be happy. Finish. Because you are waiting for somebody to tell you that you have done it where it's not happening. You have made your soup. Your soup is, is nice. They didn't say. Oh. Not worry about it. Drink it. Look. I'm a very good soup maker. Have yourself a crow party. Hey. The church is becoming tensious. I'm, I think that I'm just rescuing somebody from bitterness. Yeah, just, just move on. Tell your neighbor, move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. After a while, when you refuse to be bitter, and when you allow the grace of God to work in you, there is so much laughter around you that the people who are not minding you, they suddenly see that your corner is nicer, your corner is sweeter, your corner is better. Yeah. It's your choice. You can be bitter and they'll just go far. And after that, your children too will go far. Or you can let your corner manage so. Are you here? Let your corner do what? So. Yeah. yeah. Are you there? No, no, all my life, I just make, by the grace of God, I just make my corner so. It's true. When I had children, all their friends used to come to my house because I'll let my corner. One day I was coming from work, and as I was coming, I could hear the noise in the house. And I looked outside, I counted 16 pairs of slippers. I just turned around, sat in my car, and went back. <laughs> Are you in the house? If you're not so, please ask your neighbor what kind of house you want. The one that they'll leave you in your bitter corner. Or the one that everybody wants to come because the house is sweet. Yeah. Amen. Eh? We're talking about dangerous sons, number two. <laughs> Are you in the house? Hmm. I want to talk about those who criticize their fathers. You know, all these are just lessons from this young man called Absalom. Absalom at a point, you see, after he had finished with his brother, he killed the brother, the brother went. He was still there. And as he grew, he was looking at his father. And he could see his father's feelings, like many of us. You can see your father's feeling because you are now coming later. Yeah. You are now coming later. It's easy to see the mistakes of your mother after. But if you had been in with her in the trouble, it would not have been so simple. But we begin to criticize because we don't really know what is inside. You say, hey, your mother is a shower. She's a shower because of you. Yeah. She was trying to educate you. There was no money. Hey, but it is not correct. She should not have it. Yo, today you are giving me sermons. Do you know what you would have done if you had been in her situation? 
And so, Pastor, are you saying that is correct? You see, your mind should work fast. I said, your mind should work fast. <laughs> your mind should work fast. What I'm saying is that you don't know what was happening there. And sometimes when you stretch your hand to criticize, let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought of what you would do if you were the MP? It's very easy. Oh, we criticize. Oh, they are very, they are very, they are, what would you have done? I said, what would who? Would you also not have sent your children to laboratory? Would you also not have gone to rebuild your family house? Would you also not have gone to steal some of the money? The reason why you haven't stole the money is that it hasn't come your way. God knows that you, the temptation you fall. Uh, what was Eben's vest? Was it 2 Corinthians 10, 13? Eh? Yeah. It's that God will not tempt you above that which you are able, but will with the temptation, I, I mean, he'll give you a way to escape so you can bear it. There's some temptation you cannot. You can't. So, uh, so, Pastor, are you saying that they are right? You see where you are carrying me again? That's not what we are discussing. I'm saying to you that it's easy for you to criticize because as of now, there's only five cities in your pocket. And the work that you do, there's no access to money. Hmm. But some of you, the small access you have to some small money, what do you do with it? Have you not been stealing paper from the office? I'm asking some people. You have been taking free things. The reason is that that's what you have access to. You don't have access to more. So if you had had access to more, you would have been just as much as your thank you. Aquila says, Wes. It's easy to criticize, though. It's easy. But that's why the Bible says, let him who has gone to the war and come back and removed his armor. He's the one who should talk. It's not that you are sitting down like you, these bench footballers. You cannot put a, a goal post that there's no goalie inside Kurampo. You can't put the ball inside. Let the one who has gone, who has gone to face all the pressure, who has managed to, let that person talk. But you see us criticizing. Criticizing. Some of you, you know more than the coach self. When you see those men, have you not, not seen that they can't sit during the... Have you not seen that many of them chew gum? Charlie, they are so nervous. You can lose your job after that match, you know, that's your end. And you have done your strategy and honestly, you cannot be sure that it's working. And as the boys have gone there, what they are doing there is not what you told them to do. And you see them walking up and down. You are sitting in your armchair. Have you not seen that small betting that you are doing these days? Listen, if you are in this church, if you are in this church, you better get out of the betting before it finishes you. Yeah. Before it what? Yeah. I know of students who owe 200,000 because of betting. Just get out. Mm. Yeah. Oh no, some guy, he just tried to kill himself. That was the reason. Yeah. Are you in the house? I'm talking to you about criticism. Let's look at what Absalom was saying. Second Samuel 15, verse 3 and 4. In fact, let's go to verse 2. 
Yeah, Isabel, you gave me the right verse. Yeah, let's start there. Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gates. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. Verse 3. And Absalom said to him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which had any suit or cause might come unto me, and I will do him justice. Are you able to see it? Can you see the, the guy? He was standing there, and everything he was saying was a criticism against his father. He was trying to say things, and he was saying, I could have done better. This father, he has not put anybody to even hear your case. If it had been me, I would have done this and that and the other. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's easy to criticize when you are doing nothing. In fact, let me modify it. The sign that you are doing nothing is your criticism. It's a sign. Yeah. I said, the sign that you are doing nothing. So you see us wake up and we are criticizing our leaders. The reason is that we are not involved in leading anything. Many times we are not involved, you know, in leadership yeah, of any form. That's why we are rising up and criticizing. Hey, I'm ending, don't worry. But I want you to just say that, look, this road of criticism, I will not be on it. Don't criticize people. Don't. Are you there? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm forgiving you. I'm forgiving you for criticizing me. I'm forgiving you. I mean, you have come to the church and you are criticizing somebody's dress. Do you know where they are from? Do you know where they are from? I said, do you know where they are from? <laughs> Church is quiet. And so are you saying they can wear anything? I said, do you know where they are from? Do you know their background? Do you know why they are wearing what they are wearing? I have relatives. There are shower dresses they are wearing. Their parents bought it for them. Their parents bought That's how they learned how to dress. Who was buying the dress? Their father. And their mother. So when the rest of us talk, they don't understand what we are talking about. Hmm. Are you in the house? Yeah. Easy to criticize. But when you have gone and witnessed and brought the person to Christ and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked, and finally the person has come to church, you are so happy to see them in church that Charlie, just come and sit and listen to where your mind does not even go to there. Let the word help you. And that's why I said criticism is the sign you are doing nothing. And the dancers, the dancers do this, and the dancer, because you are sitting peacefully on your chair. If you knew how hard they have to rehearse, if only you knew. And if only you knew how much trouble they don't get into because they are busy rehearsing. <laughs> May the Lord deliver us. We don't want to tell your neighbor, I will not be a Samway child. I'll not be a Samway. I will not be a Samway church member. No, I won't. Yeah. May I have made I will not criticize. That's why many of you, you notice I don't say anything. It doesn't mean what you are doing is right, oh. But it's okay. The word of God is working. You are coming. Yeah. The word of God is what? It's working. It's working. Yeah. It's, it's sorting you out small, 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 small. Tell your neighbor, God is still working on me just have some patience. God is still working on me. Stand to your feet this afternoon.
You want to pray. You want to pray. Rev. One is going to have to take over the service this afternoon, but you want to pray? Just bend down your head. Talk to the Lord. Some of you have been so offended by other people, and really, you have a case, but this afternoon, you want to just put the case in front of God. You want to say, I turn off the road of bitterness. It's true, I've been wrong, but I'm not going to go down that way. Lord, help me to let it go. Help me to forgive. Help me to move on. Lord, it's even painful to ask you. It's, it's even paining me that I'm, I'm praying this prayer, but I have to pray it. Help me to move on. 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 Lord, help me to move on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help me to turn off the road of bitterness. Help me to move on, God. Oh, this afternoon, may the Lord heal your heart of every bitterness. Maybe it was a boss who didn't promote you, who cheated you out of a promotion. This afternoon, let it go. Let it go in the presence of God. Maybe somebody stole something for you, from you. Let it go. Let it go. Maybe it was a parent who judged you wrongly. Let it go this afternoon and receive the grace of God. Receive the grace of God. That every root of bitterness is quenched right now. Every root is quenched. Father, we thank you so much for working on our hearts and helping us. Father, I thank you for the marriages that Lord's sweetness will re-enter in the name of Jesus. We choose to let it go. We'll not be bitter anymore in the name of Jesus. We'll just be grateful for where you have placed us and we'll do our best. We're grateful. We're grateful. Thank you that we can let go of the past and we can let go of everything that defiles us in the mighty name of Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to invite you to receive Jesus as our Lord, your Lord and your Savior. He is the one who we have wronged the most, and yet he has forgiven us. This afternoon, if you're not sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if you are not sure that when you die, you're on your way to heaven, please don't let us close this service without being sure. I want to ask you to just lift up your hand where you are standing, and we're going to pray a prayer. You are there, you are saying, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just lift up your right hand and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray. Just lift it. Just lift it. If you have lifted it, I want to pray with you. And that, let the pastors, let the ashes guide you. Just come to me. Let us pray together. You lifted up your hand. You said, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Please, just join me here in front. I want to pray with you. A very simple prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just come. Just come and let us pray. Let's pray together. God bless you. 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 Oh, this afternoon, the Lord is just drawing you to himself. Maybe there has been so much pain in your heart. This afternoon, just come and say, Lord, I'm just coming to say, take my pain and you rather enter my heart. Take my bitterness, Lord Jesus, and you rather enter my heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please, just pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus. 
I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sin. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for each one standing here this morning to receive you. I pray that, Lord, they will be so sure of you in their lives. And, Lord, that you will move them ahead and move them forward in all things. In Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.